Thank you for listening to another inspiring message from the Movement Church. To find out more about the Movement Church, you can check out our website at theocmovement.com or follow us on Facebook and Instagram at The OC Movement. I'm excited you're here because we're in the closing out a series today called Surrender. But before we do that, I want to tell you about something that's kind of important that's happening uh, coming up March 4th. Everybody say March 4th. Everybody say Legacy Gala. I want to invite you to come and hang out with us on March 4th for our Legacy Gala. And it's going to be quite an exciting evening. We've rented out a ballroom uh, at the top floor of the Kaleidoscope and Union Market. It's actually a really cool area. Uh, how many of you have been with us since the Kaleidoscope days? Raise your hand. Come on now, people. So we used to meet in the movie theater uh, at the top floor of the Kaleidoscope at Crown Valley and the Five, and so we'll be just across the walkway from that on March 4th. And I'm going to tell you more information about that as the weeks progress, but just do me a favor. We'll just, just like literally, just for the one favor I ask of you, just go ahead and mark it in your calendars and, and make plans to be there uh, March 4th in the evening. It's going to be a lot of fun, and uh, we're just going to unpack the vision that God has for the Movement Church for 2018 and beyond. So it's going to be exciting. Everybody say Legacy Gala. Everyone say, I promise I'll be there. Oh, that's not bad. Now you're, you, you're caught on tape. So we uh, tape. We don't actually have tapes anymore. So please forgive me. You know, uh, have you ever heard the quote that some are born great, others achieve greatness while others have greatness thrust upon them? Uh, this morning we had some of that very stuff take place. You know, I... It takes an army of men and women to make this church happen every week. And, and there's a crew of people that are that set up and tear down. They get up here early in the morning and they stay late just so that you can experience an amazing service. And part of that team is our worship team and our tech team. And literally at three minutes before our normal service time, power went out in this building. Gone. Goodbye. It's over. Like there's literally no lights, no screen, no sound, no nothing. And our team went into overdrive to pull it off. We only started like four and a half minutes late, which y'all didn't know because most of you aren't here on time. Anyway, so that's another story. And would you do me a favor? Would you please, like you mean it, not yet, but would you in just a second, when I say now, give the best round of applause for our tech team and our worship team for pulling now? Come on, right now, like you mean it. What an amazing team. You guys are awesome. Worship team. I mean... Literally, you don't even know all the details that go into it, saving all the EQs so that your ears aren't bleeding, but you can hear it sound amazing and like just going into overdrive. And, and I'm just telling you, it's a great team. And you never know what it's going to be like until you're in the moment where the pressure is on. So I'm just so proud of them. I'm proud to be a part of this church, let alone be one of the pastors here. In fact, if you're with us for the first time, my name is Carrie, and I'm one of the pastors here. You got to see my beautiful wife, Megan, just a few moments ago. And Man, I, I couldn't be more stoked that you're with us today. We're closing out a fun series that has been on our heart for about a year. And if you missed any of the weeks, I want to challenge you. Go back and check out the podcast. For those of you that are listening online right now, I want to say welcome to the Movement Church via the audio waves. And for those of you that are watching this in our family room, welcome. We're so glad that you're hanging out. And uh, we actually have this on a television now in our family room for those of you that are watching your kids sometimes. So it's amazing. If you have kids, oh, that's a hand clap. Man, y'all are clapping today. I don't even know what to do with myself. I might just preach a little longer. I can't. All right, let's pray. But here's what I'd ask. 
uh, we've got some fun stuff in store for you today. I think you're going to have a good time. But as I always ask, uh, don't, don't just punch the church clock. Maybe you've been to church your whole life. Maybe this is your first time. Maybe somebody dragged you here because uh, they said there's some hot guys. They lied to you. They're, they're all taken. <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> uh, I, <laughs> that wraps up our service for the day <laughs> just do me a favor would you open your heart and, and your ears that's all I ask you don't have to agree with everything I say in fact you don't even have to believe what I say permission to belong before you believe and, but what if we just for the next 30 minutes like okay I'm going to try this out and see if there's something I can grow by listening to or learn by listening today. So would you bow your heads and close your eyes? God, we thank you that you're here and you're doing something awesome. And I just pray, God, that today you, you really would open our ears and our hearts to hear and receive whatever it is that you want to do. We don't want to leave here the same. God, we really do want to see you move in our life in a powerful way. None of us want to go back to life as usual. We want to experience the miraculous. We've had enough mediocre and mundane to last a lifetime. So God, right now, we just expect you to move in a powerful way. In Jesus' name I pray, amen and amen. We're right in the middle of a series called Surrender, and uh, this series is about what I believe is pretty much the most fundamental component to being a follower of Christ. So if you're here and you say, I'm not sure if I am a follower of Christ or where I fit in this faith equation, as I said before, permission to belong before you believe. But for those of you that say, you know what, I, I am a Christ follower, we're going to talk about what that actually means because I'm telling you right now, it, it, it do, going to church doesn't make you a Christian any more than going to in and out makes you a double-double. I got 42 posts yet last week after my in and out conversation of all the double-doubles that you guys got. Some of you got a four up, I'm praying for you, but it's okay, we'll go on and and we're talking about what it actually means to be a Christ follower. And so as we've unpacked in the weeks prior... We are comprised of three different components. We are body, soul, and spirit. Now, our body is the physical makeup of who we are, our skeletal system, our, our, our muscles, muscular system, all of that in, in, in between. But it, there's also desires and cravings that our body had. Like when I said in and out, some of you thought that's where I'm going for lunch right after church. But then we also have a soul, and our soul is made up of three parts, mind, will, and emotion. This is where we our, our thoughts are comprised and our feelings are, are driven from our soul, but we also have a spirit. And the spirit is a component of us that's desperate for a connection with God. It's why so many of us are here today. It's what happens when you're in a service like this and all of a sudden something is said or a moment takes place and it feels like everyone fades away and it's just me and God or something is connecting on a spiritual level. And if you're here today and you've had a moment of salvation where you said yes to Jesus, maybe you prayed a prayer months ago, years ago, weeks ago, what you did is surrender your life to Jesus as if to say you're in the driver's seat of my life. And the Bible says that all we have to do to experience this is simply to believe, not to eradicate my past, not to be a part of a great church, but just simply to believe that Jesus is who he says he is and did what he said he can do. And in that moment, everybody say a moment, in that moment, our spirit is immediately in right standing with God. God no longer looks at us through the lens of our past, our failures, our mistakes. He looks at us through the lens of who Jesus is. 
He says, man, there's a great future and a hope for you. The Bible calls this justification. Everybody say justification. justification. Which means just as if I've never sinned. But here's the problem. The problem is that our body and our soul take time and effort to align with the Spirit of God. That's what this whole series is about. That's daily to surrender. This daily surrender goes beyond just a moment. In fact, it's a lifestyle, and the Bible calls this sanctification. Everybody say sanctification. And the definition of sanctification is a gradual, progressive, spiritual growth that marks the life of a believer. You're saying, Pastor Kerry, you've said this every week. Yes, because this is the most important component to anyone who says, I am a Christian. At some point in our life, there must be a gradual, progressive, which means moving forward, spiritual growth, which marks the life of a believer. Oh, some of y'all felt that right there. No? Okay, just me. Moving on. And I say that because it's not a perfect spiritual growth, not a rapid or fast pace, but just gradual and progressive. And there has to be something that marks our life that says, hey, I am a follower of God. And this is called alignment with the nature of God. It's aligning my cravings, my feelings, my desires with the spirit of God. Aligning who I am with the nature of who God is. And we get this. Look up here for a moment. We all get the idea of aligning with the nature of God because you have aligned with the nature of the people in your world. I've said this for years and I will never stop saying it. I can tell by the way the ringtone sounds when my wife calls me what kind of mood she's in. Can I get an amen from some people? It's the same ringtone, but I just know. I just know. What's going on when she calls? Now, I can't understand the nature of a woman, but I know the nature of my wife when she's happy or sad, excited or discouraged. Why? Because I've been close to her for over 20 years now. So little by little, I'm aligning with her nature as a human. And this is the same thing that God wants from us, which means that my spirit and my body and my soul are aligning with his nature. And the only way that that takes place is if my spirit is the boss of my life. Remember when you were a kid and you got in an argument? How many of you have siblings? Raise your hand. Brother, okay, yes. I'm one of seven. I've got three older and three younger, which means I was tormented and then I became the tormentor. Can I get an amen from some older? How many of you are older brothers and you just felt like God gave you a calling to torment younger? It's a, it's a biblical principle. You just have to do that. So remember your, your sibling, whether younger or older, came and told you to do something, and your immediate response was, you're not the boss of me, right? You remember this. Apparently none of you do. That's exciting. I now feel like nobody's in the room with me. Let's move on. Thank you, Reuben. So what happens is as I'm aligning with the nature of God, it means that the spirit man of who I am is the boss of my life, which means he is the one in charge. The thing that aligns with the nature of God is stronger, a stronger voice in my life than the cravings and the desires and the thoughts and the emotions that I have. Now, this principle is a biblical principle. It's called the principle of spiritual order. Now, for some of you that are in connect groups, we're about to start a whole semester called freedom groups, and this is what we're going to unpack during this whole semester of freedom groups. 
And this is good news because God's given us what we need to align with his nature. In fact, 2 Peter 1.3 in the message paraphrase, it says this, everything that goes into a life of pleasing God has been miraculously given to us by getting to know personally and intimately the one who invited us to God. Now this is good news. Look at that. Everything that goes into a life of pleasing God has been miraculously given to us by getting to know personally and intimately the one who invited us to God, and that is Jesus. And this is a spiritual alignment with who God is. And I believe, honestly, if I was to ask those of you in this room that say, man, I am a Christ follower. If I was to say, hey, do you want a life aligned with the spirit and the nature of God? I believe 100% of you would say absolutely yes. I would love it. In fact, there are times I don't want to come to church because I feel like I'm out of alignment with the nature of God. There are times where I feel so overwhelmed with shame and condemnation and hopelessness because I know I'm out of alignment with the nature of God. There are moments, there are days, weeks, months, or years of my life where I radically ran from who God was and I desperately wanted to be in alignment. If I was to ask you over a cup of coffee, is this what you want? You would look at me emphatically and sincerely and say, yes. So why is it that so many of us still struggle with this? We struggle with this alignment component. Why do we struggle with this? Because our spirit is not in the lead. Because our spirit is not in the lead of who we are. We're not letting our life line up with the nature of God because we're doing more work to feed the cravings and the desires and the thoughts and the emotions of our life. And our spirit can only be the boss if we feed it more than we feed our body and soul. Now I'm talking proverbially here. I'm not talking about physically feeding your body and soul. But our spirit can only be the boss if we're feeding it more than we are proverbially feeding the body and the soul. Listen, write this down. This is worth taking notes on. What we give the most attention to will become the most influential in our life. What we give the most attention to will become the most influential in our life. I want to illustrate this for you. Tyler, are you in here? Come up here, buddy. Everybody give it up for my main man, Tyler Gordy. The one and the only. Keep an eye on this guy who will make it to the professional sporting circuit somewhere, sometime. How old are you, Tyler? Nine. Are you excited right now? Yes. So am I. I invited my friend. You know what, Pastor Joe, can you come and help me for a minute? I need a little bit of help. Y'all give it up for Pastor Joe, the greatest children's pastor on the history of the planet Earth. I, I've invited Tyler up here to help me out. Joe, do me a favor. Would you put Tyler on my back? Tyler, come on. Hurry. I'm, I'm squatting and my thighs are burning. Okay, wrap. Hold on tight. Okay. So here's the way this thing works. And on that table, I've, I brought some goodness. Would you just kind of fold that little portion of the black fabric back? How many of you like some Twinkies? Can I, these things, no, you shouldn't, stop it. These things can survive a nuclear holocaust. And so uh, I just brought Tyler on here because here's the thing, what we give the most attention to in our life becomes the most influential. And you and I have cravings and desires. Let's do some squat thrusts. Ah, yes, right there. We have cravings and desires and thoughts and emotions that are like my friend Tyler. Hold on, don't fall off there. Hand me a Twinkie. And the problem is what we'll do often is those cravings and desires will come up. Take a bite, Tyler. You're choking me, Tyler. Take a bite, Tyler. What is happening? I can't breathe. 
When we feed the cravings and the desires, man, of whatever it might be in our life. Listen, if you give worry the most attention in your life, every time you take a bite, I'm choking. If you give worry the most attention in your life, I'm telling you to be the most influential. When, when we're plagued with the thoughts of what, what does she think about me? And what does my boss really, do they really like me? Take another bite. It's, ah, every, ah, every time, Tyler, every time. Is my marriage really going to last? I mean, statistically, look at this. Ah, seriously, stop pulling on my throat, Tyler. Statistically, if you drool on me, I will throw you off the stage. Statistically, marriage statistics, ah, Tyler. Man, wrap your legs around. I pant my pants. Joe, grab my britches. Pull them up quickly. Uh, We're friends. It's okay. I said britches. Statistically, marriages fall apart after so-and-so. Hey, I'm 25 or I'm 26 or I'm 30 years old and I'm still single. Am I damaged goods? Somebody said, yes, I'm not damaged goods. I'm going to stand like this. Can you stay up? Okay, this is just awkward. Okay, go ahead and hop down for a minute. Y'all give it up for my buddy, Tyler. Stay right here just in case. I might need your help. If I give worry my intention, my attention, then guess what? It's going to influence my sleep. It's called anxiety. What, what if people figure out that I really can't do this whole thing? And What you give attention to influences your life. What about if I give fear the most attention in my life? I can't start this business. It's been a dream in my heart, but I just don't know if I can. Why? Because everything I've started has failed. If I give fear the most attention in my life, it actually begins to influence my faith. It begins to influence my faith. I can no longer believe that God can do what he says he can do or be who he says he can be because all I can see is through the lens of fear. What about gossip? If I give gossip the most attention, you're like, that sounds so silly. But this is what rips churches and relationships apart all over the country. Did you hear about so-and-so? I can't believe it. I had no clue that she would do or he would do that. I just never thought it was possible. Yes, my friends, gossip is a real thing. And you know what the Bible says? God hates it. What is technically gossip? Well, if you're talking about someone who is not present, that's gossip. It's breaking relationships and friendship. If I give gossip all of my attention, then what, you know what it does? It influences my trustworthiness. If you're ever talking to somebody and they're talking about somebody else, guess what? Eventually, they're going to talk about you. It's a plague. It's a sickness. And guess what happens when I keep feeding? <laughs> you can go sit down. Would you go ahead and sit down? Not yet. Guess what happens when I keep feeding the cravings and the desires of my life? It grows. Jump on, Joe. Oh, God, help me. Yes. Oh, God. Squats did not work. Okay, pull my britches up. I can't. I got Twinkie cream. Jump on, Joe. Jump on. Okay. The scariest thing, the scariest thing, you ate that whole thing, dude. Holy, you're shaking because you're laughing and my legs, okay, I can't. You ate the whole thing, bro. That's commitment right there. Go sit down. Y'all give it up for Pastor Joe. 
though. He bit my finger for a moment. Dang, dude's hungry. He's like, I haven't had breakfast. I'm pretty sure my pants fell down. Y'all couldn't see it. The scariest thing, here's the truth. If we keep feeding those desires and cravings, they grow. And here's the scariest part. You and I, we, we can't even see that the beast has reached the size that it has. We can't see it. Let me tell you why. If we could see, how absurd did I look with Joe on my back? <laughs> Don't answer that. I'm sure it's on Instagram. I'm already excited about that. <laughs> how absurd did I look? And yet so many of us are actually going through life just like that. And we are completely unaware that the cravings and the desires have become so rampant in our life. And now the problem is that seemingly insignificant, innocent choices have extremely damaging results. If you give lust the most attention in your life, just keep scrolling through that site. Just keep clicking. Just keep checking out women as they walk past in a store or at Starbucks. Just keep shamelessly flirting. Just keep, just harmless. It's not really that big of a deal. I'm just being friendly. Are you? If you give less, less than most attention, then I'm telling you, it, if, it influences destructive decisions in your life. I can't tell you how many times I've sat across the table from people who are weeping because of the destructive choices because they kept feeding the cravings in their life. If you give failure the most attention in your life, failure, it's the lens to which you look at everything that you do. You just see failure. And you, I'm just telling you, you're wasting your time right now. If you give that the most attention, my first marriage failed, or I'm a horrible father, or that project that I was working on that I thought was going to be amazing, it, it just wasn't. If you give failure enough attention and enough influence in your life, it will actually begin to affect your confidence. I mean, it literally has an effect on everything. You give doubt the most attention, it'll influence your hope. There's just something to this whole concept of aligning our life with the nature of God. And here's the problem. We keep feeding that beast. And then this is the response. I've been around church long enough to see this countless times. God, where are you? I can't seem to find you in anything. I don't even hear you speaking anymore. And my friends, he's here. But when we feed that beast, our spirit becomes so weak that we can't even hear him anymore. It becomes so weak that we can't even resist the cravings and the temptations of that anymore. And we live in a world that, de that its default setting is a body and soul buffet. The world that we live in is like, here's a smorgasbord of everything you want. And if it feels good, go after it. Feeding the body and soul, my friends, is easy. It doesn't take a lot of work. It doesn't take a lot of effort. In fact, Matthew, Jesus said these same things in chapter 7. He said, enter through the narrow gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction. And many enter 
through it. But small is the gate and narrow is the road that leads to life. Jesus is saying this is the easy road. Enter through the narrow gate for wide is the gate. And it's easy to feed the body and the soul. It's going to be a little bit of challenge. And, and I'll tell you one of the reasons it's challenging because if you starve your body, your body lets you know. At about 12 o'clock, second service starts getting fidgety because they're hungry. Anybody in here have problems with being hangry? Raise your hand right now. We know. You didn't have to tell us. Well, the same is true spiritually. If we starve our unhealthy cravings and desires and thoughts and emotions, guess what? They get loud. They start screaming out for more and for more and for more. Last week we talked about the fact that sin is never satisfied, but the challenge is our spirit is quite the opposite. As we starve our spirit, it gets quieter and quieter. Why? Because God never, ever forces himself on us. It's such a contrary thought for most people. Most people believe that God is just this, this dude that's waiting to tell you exactly how to live and breathe this way and sleep this way and eat this way and do this and do that and do this and do that. But God is never like that. The way he works and always has is, hey, this is the best life for you, but you choose. There's a better way to live. There's a better way to be a husband. There's a better way to be a wife. There's a better way to be a mom, a student, an employee, a boss. But you choose. It always comes down to choice. Always has and always will. Which means that we've got to be intentional to feed our spirit. Now, I'm not saying it'll be easy. But my friends, that juice is definitely worth the squeeze. I've just, I've sat across the table from too many people. Had too many conversations. Seen too many tears shed and too many lives nearly destroyed. Too many children and teenagers whose world got rocked just because of feeding that body and that soul. I'm just telling you, it's not easy to feed the spirit, but that juice is always worth the squeeze. So how do we do it? How do we do this thing? That's what this, the culmination of this whole series. Well, number one, starve the beast. Write that down. Starve the beast. Everything comes down to choice. Everything. Everything comes down to choice. Well, what about my life? There's things in my life I didn't choose. I mean, I got cancer and I didn't choose cancer. That's true. But you get to choose how it affects you. I've got some friends in this room right now who have walked through the darkest seasons of their life battling cancer. And they're the most inspirational people I know. Their faith is so strong. It's not perfect, but they're still in the fight. Why? Because they chose to starve the beast. When fear and worry want to creep in and dominate and control, they choose not to listen to those thoughts. Starve the beast. Starve those unhealthy thoughts and feelings and choose to align with the nature of God. Stop looking for a quick fix, a cheap diet or a microwave destiny. You know what we want? This is what we want in life. Tell what generation's in here today. In 1991, Suzanne Summers gave us a gift. <laughs> the thigh master. And with this bad boy, 
I'm trying, I think I should lay down and demonstrate, but I also don't want to shame you. And you all have your phones ready, so I'm not. Maybe second service. In just a few minutes a day, and the thigh master, I can squeeze, squeeze my way into shapely thighs and hips. But not just thighs and hips. Look at this, my upper chest and my biceps. Feeling good right now. I really want to lay down, but I can't. I want to remain and hold on to my dignity. This is what we're looking for in spirituality. We've made the summation of our faith church attendance. And then we act as if we're doing God a favor by showing up once a month. This has become the summation of our faith. Just give me something quick. Make me feel good about myself. Do you know what making you feel good does? Absolutely nothing. Because ultimately, at the end of the day, your cravings and your thoughts and emotions are going to go crazy. And you've got to tell those guys to shut up. And that feel-good moment will wear off. So stop looking for a quick fix and a microwave destiny. Starve the beast. Number two, surrender daily. Everybody say surrender daily. That's what this whole series is about. Go back and get the podcast. Listen to them on repeat. I'm telling you, we, we align some stuff in here that really are practicals for you. But my greatest prayer would be for everyone who calls the church home that you would start your day with some verses in the Bible, just reading through them, allowing them to build your faith. And then the simple prayer of surrender, which is just this. God, I need you. I've tried to be in the driver's seat enough. And it's just not working out. I desperately need you. Help me to know how to be a better husband today. And a better college student, because man, my finals, and it's just crazy. And I'm in high school, God, and I, I, I've got people all around me trying to tell me how to live and what to do and what's right and what's wrong. God, today, would you help me to navigate through that? God, I, I don't know how to handle my husband sometimes, but I know with you, you, you can help me navigate through this. And I know that even though he's wrong 90% of the time, that 10% is so huge. It's so big that it overshadows the 90% the prayer I'm praying. Megan prays. And can you just help me to be available and understand? And it sounds so different than the way that we pray a lot, doesn't it? God, give me this. God, give me that. God, change their heart. That dude is stubborn. Help him out in Jesus' name. I don't know. You parted the Red Sea, but I don't know if you can part his stubbornness. But we shift that. And we say, God, I just want to surrender my life to you. Here's a great way to say it. God, I just, I want my actions, but not just my actions. I want my thoughts to be pleasing to you. The things that nobody else sees, that's the part that, God, I really want you to go, I'm proud of that kid. It's a prayer of surrender. Remember, 2 Peter says, everything that goes into a life of pleasing God has been miraculously given to us. By getting to know personally and intimately the one who invited us to God, there's something about surrender. Starve the beast. Surrender daily. And number three, we're better together. Last week we talked about this. You're just not strong enough to make it in this life alone. 
I want, I want to be, and I want you to be, but you just, we're just better together, man. And my connect group met yesterday, and there's just 12 of us guys sitting around the coffee shop just talking through life. And everyone that shared, I, I learned something from them. Every single one, from the 19-year-old kid who's doing college to the guy who's been married for 10 years longer than I have. And I just, man, I just learned something from them. You're just not, you're not strong enough to do this thing alone. You need some godly people in your life, godly people who champion this cause in you, who can identify the beast when he's getting out of control. Pastor Joe is not a beast, by the way. <laughs> Please don't call him that. But he says, man, hey, I don't know if you've seen this lately, but that thing's getting crazy. We need each other. Starve the beast, surrender daily, and we are better together. How many of you say, you know what, this is the life I want to live, a life of surrender. Would you raise your hand? Let me pray for us. God, I just thank you for what you're doing in this place. We're expecting you to move in a powerful way in our life. We don't want to live this way any longer. We don't want to be bound by our cravings and by our desires. But God, we're expecting to see you do something miraculous in our life. So God, right now, I just pray that you lean in close to all of us in this room. Help us to see the things that we can change. Illuminate the issues and the times and the places where I'm feeding the cravings and the desires and the thoughts and the emotions in an unhealthy way. But God, help me also to see the things that you have for me, the purposes that you have for me. And God, right now, I pray that you begin to do something in our life. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I'm going to take a moment before we go and talk to some of you in this room who need to begin a journey with Jesus. Man, this is the reason why I do what I do. Because there is a starting point in this journey of faith. And it is a conscious decision. It is not good vibes and osmosis, and it is not church membership. It's not getting rid of your past. It's a conscious decision. It's a moment to say yes to who Jesus is, to surrender my life to him, to say, okay, I'm inviting you into the driver's seat, knowing that perfection is not the goal, but that I'm starting a journey with you. And if you're here today and you've never made that decision, in a moment, I'm going to give you an opportunity to do just that. Right in the stillness of your own seat, in the quietness of your own heart, with no embarrassment to you, I'm going to pray a prayer, and I want to challenge you to simply pray this prayer with me. Some of you need to pray this prayer for the first time, and others of you have been running from God. And today is a day to come running to Him. I want to challenge you, no matter who you are, no one will be looking around, but make this decision your own. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? Nobody looking around, nobody moving. If that's you and you need to pray this prayer for the first time in a long time or the first time today, just repeat these words after me in your own heart. Just say, dear God, I know that you're real, that you love me, that you've given me purpose. God, I'm not perfect. Would you forgive me? And just make this statement your own, full of the faith that you can muster. Just say, Jesus, today I surrender my life to you in Jesus' name. If you prayed that prayer with us today, we are so excited to be a part of this journey with you. Would you email us at info at theocmovement.com? And if you're not in the area, we would love to help you find another life-giving church near you. Send us an email 
at info at theocmovement.com and we'll get back to you shortly. Thank you again for listening to another inspiring message from The Movement Church.